Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us another week and another day to experience your love and kindness. As the weather is warming up, we pray our hearts also warm up for you with more joy and gratitude. Now breathe your words through the Holy Spirit so that we can breathe your love and truth to, to live this day more gratefully and faithfully. In the most reviving name of Jesus, our Redeemer, we pray. Amen. Last Friday in Romans 7, we heard the most desperate and deepest confession about Apostle Paul. As Ali Parker said, Paul confessed a horrible civil war in himself. Romans 7.21 So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of the sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Literally, verse 24 uh, means, What a wretched man I am who will rescue me out of, out of this body of a death. The phrase body of death came from this, uh, this background, the sadistic Roman torture where a murderer was tied with his victim face-to-face, hand-to-hand, the whole body, and actually it wasn't mentioned in the Roman classic Aeneid in Book 8. And so shackled to his victim, eye-to-eye, hand-to-hand, waist-to-waist, foot-to-foot, the murderer, still very much alive, was forced to live out the remainder of his life, directly bearing the weight and the putrefying stench of the dead body. In time, of course, the rotting flesh of the corpse would become ripe with the disease and infecting the killer and leading to a most horrible, grisly end. The only way to get out such a gruesome fate was someone to intervene and free the helpless perpetrator. For Paul, that's Jesus Christ, And that's why he immediately shouted for joy in verse 25, Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. In the following passage of Romans 8, Paul explains Christ's rescue and the full truth of redemption for us. So now let's read our text today, Romans 8 verse 1 to 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives a life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by our flesh, God did it by sending His own Son in likeness of a sinful flesh, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned the sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, 
but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the Spirit is a life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is a hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Many consider Romans 8 to be the fullest and the most profound exposition on Christian redemption. For instance, Scott McKnight recently wrote an insightful commentary on Romans, titled Reading Romans Backward. In that book, he makes Romans 8 as the de facto theological conclusion of Paul's letter. Though we don't have to agree with that claim, at least we can see the full picture of God's redeeming grace and promise here. And that's why I decided to meditate on Romans 8 uh, entire this week, uh, piece by piece, or hopefully, or you know, at least uh, section by section. And to keep the continuity of the uh, meditation, I decided to take a daily breath for this week all by myself. So please pray for me that I will not uh, fail. I will understand the passage clearly and communicate very uh, creatively possible. Today's passage, we see two major provisions of God for us to fight sin. Not just any sin, but specifically indwelling sin in us. As I mentioned before, being saved does not mean we become perfect or sinless. Actually, being saved means for the first time we recognize the presence and power of a sin in us. When we are not born again, we sin naturally or without much resistance. We don't know, we don't care, and we don't know what sin is. Now, after knowing the heart of God through Christ, we can sin comfortably anymore. But we commit sin with the struggles and hesitation. Once again, the civil war in us is actually a sign of a new life in us. Even though the spiritual civil war at times is so intense and too depressing. So first provision of God for us to fight sin and overcome sin, indwelling sin, is a motivation. We have a new motivation which comes from no condemnation. Christ's work of no condemnation. Verse 1, there is a no now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Notice here the Paul's expression. Paul didn't say, Apostle didn't say that Christians are not condemned. But he said, there is a no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So no condemnation is a much stronger expression. You know, condemnation no longer exists for us because verse 3 tells us God sent his own son in likeness of a sinful flesh, that means the incarnation, to be a sin offering. No condemnation is a legal term, and here Christ paid the full price of our debt, or so-called the penalty of a sin. We have a clean bill and a no collector, 
can come after us with a threat or charge. No condemnation here also means not just a condemnation in the past or even in the present, but also the future. Future. So no condemnation means no condemnation from now on forever. It is very important for us to remember and never forget Christ victorious, I mean vicarious, victorious and vicarious, vicarious eternal sacrifice to remove all condemnation of the past, present, and the future for us. A great British uh, a pastor, uh, uh, D. Martin Lloyd-Jones, in his famous you know, commentary on Book of Romans, said this, Most of our troubles are due to our failure to realize the truth of this verse, Romans 8.1. What happens when we, we forget, when we forget this truth? The Romans 8.1, there's no more condemnation for those in Christ. We feel far more guilt and uh, unworthiness and pain than we should. Worse from this forgetfulness comes an unnecessary and even unhealthy drive to prove, to prove ourselves or great sensitivity to criticism or defensiveness and the lack of confidence in relationships. Christians who don't understand the magnitude, the magnitude of no condemnation, obey out of fear and duty. That is not nearly as powerful a motivation as love and gratitude. Those who in Christ have a new motivation from Christ's eternal atonement, which won no condemnation for all of us. The second provision of God for us to fight and win the civil war against the indwelling sin is a control of the Holy Spirit in our life, especially in our mind. In our mind. This is a new modus operandi or new mode of operation in our life. We have a new way to live a life with the Holy Spirit. Here God clearly said that He didn't just send He God sent not only Jesus Christ to be our eternal sacrifice to remove all condemnation, but also God sent the Spirit to be our encourager and empowerer. Nowhere in the book of Romans, the role of the Holy Spirit was more highlighted than chapter 8. Here the Spirit mentioned 23 times out of 31 times in the entire book. While the death of Christ defeated sin legally by paying the debt, the dwelling, indwelling of the Holy Spirit in us, actually, actually, I like to say that act, you know, actually or actually dethrones and decreases power of sin in our flesh. While sin constantly tries to drive us to flesh, flesh, spirit drags our mind toward God. Look at the verse 5. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on the what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is a death, but mind governed by the Spirit is a life and peace. 
The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Here Paul mentions mind three times. Mind matters. Whoever wins our mind, wins our life. Now God sent the Holy Spirit dwell in us to influence and inspire our minds, to appreciate Christ's love and the word and the truth. In a way, we have once again new mind growing in us, and we need to nourish, growing this new mind of Christ with the Holy Spirit. The 20th century Anglican Archbishop of Canterbury, William Temple, once said this, Your religion is what you do with your solitude. Your religion is what you do with your solitude. In other words, whatever your mind goes most naturally and freely, when there is nothing else to distract it, that is what you really live for. That's your religion. Your life is shaped by whatever preoccupies your mind. The overcoming of sin in our lives begins in our mind. The victory of sin is only ever the result of having mind set on the Holy Spirit for Christ. So let me ask you, what is your religion? Now, what is on your mind on today? At least this moment, let us keep our mind in Christ. Let us also continue to meditate on God's word every morning, even after Lent, and keep making our mind a field of the Holy Spirit where He can plant and water the seeds of a, a truth, Christ's truth and the gospel, so that one day we can have a glorious harvest for Christ. Let us remember, God sent not only Son, but His Spirit for us to have a new mind. And let's thank God for our new mind. And let's make sure this mind is full grows every day and a little bit more and fully like the mind of Christ. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your only Son as a one of us and sacrificing his divine life for our eternal peace and freedom. Truly, there is no condemnation for us in Christ, and they only we have only confidence for your undying love and incredible kindness for us. Help us always turn our eyes to Jesus. And dear Holy Spirit, please control our hearts and minds to seek the pleasure and purpose of Jesus more than anything. In the most precious and liberating name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.